I have a pleasure to um, introduce to you um, the panel members that we have here today to share this um, discussion. Matt Powell and uh, Chad uh, Lancaster, and um, I'll let them introduce themselves. Uh, so, Matt Powell, I'm uh, at uh, Regions. I run financial crimes. I'm very uh, new to, to Regions. I'm a lifer in the financial institution, and this has been, can't see a soul, uh, and I'm <laughs> hoping, hoping the glare's not coming off of me, back to you, but, uh, um, but uh, it's been a little bit of a high school reunion uh, here in the, in the room, so. I'm Chad Lancaster. I'm with SpyCloud. Um, SpyCloud is traditionally known in the cybersecurity space, um, and so we're starting to take some of those analytics and data and bring that into the fraud world. Um, I've got, I hate to say this out loud, but 26 plus years uh, related to fraud, so um, it's an interesting journey trying to find new mechanisms to apply what the bad guys are doing to help help the good guys, so yeah. we'll get into a little bit of that. Thanks, Chad. And um, just to tell you a little bit about what I do, I'm the Vice President of Client Experience at Prove, but I'm also a fraud and cybercrime executive advisor, um, often called on, um, and I... Um, really love this topic. So let's start off. We're going to um, kind of lay it out like this way. We're going to talk about the problem and the impacts and then a little bit about solutions. And um, so let's start out with the problem. So PayPal announced that they uh, removed 4.5 million fake accounts from their platform. That actually affected their stock price. LinkedIn last year announced 21 million Profiles removed. In fact, I just got an invite last week from Pablo Escobar. Believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, so that's scary, huh? <laughs> that's lack of identity proofing there, huh? And Or maybe maybe identity proofing happened. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, he had zero followers. Um, so, you know, we have... Uh, <laughs> um, so, in, yeah. Elon Musk, you know, mentioned when he bought Twitter that bots. It was his first problem they talked about. First problem to conquer. And I, I think he's probably finding that a, a more challenging problem than even building self-driving cars. We actually have banks, too. I won't mention any. It's confidential. That are pausing their onboarding processes due to the attack rate. And a lot of that attack rate's related to, to bots. It's, uh, and I've seen automated scripted attacks that have actually mimicked the whole account opening process, clogging the operations, because of the remediation of just shutting down all those accounts. So, you know, we we see what when we see leaks, what I call leaks on the cybersecurity side, um, come through and affect fraud operations, then we can see the, the output of that. And um, as fraud professionals, we deal with that. Um, and Matt, what are some of um, the issues that you've seen around the impacts of bots in your um, career? Um, sure. So, so the the financial aspects are sort of obvious. I think the last information that I've seen, the estimates around fifty billion dollars uh, attached with with uh, with bot attacks specifically. Um, you know, and, and that's something that uh, we, we've all been dealing with for a long time. I think the the, the part that that gets missed sometimes is the amount of operational expense that goes into yes. it. It's um, it, it's fairly massive, uh, and and the other piece is reputational risk. In a lot of cases, the folks 
folks that are getting impacted are generally not the customers of the financial institution that uh, the, that maybe the attack is happening at. And so there's there's just a ton of those uh, pieces that that start to add up very quickly uh, as you think about the lost revenue, the reputational risk, et cetera. Um, the other piece that uh, you know for for FIs is that uh, bots will uh, identify dysfunction really quickly in an organization uh, because it's in so many cases uh, you're trying to solve things in many different places and, and I know that's uh, something that, that uh, is, cl is close with, with you and, and, mm -hmm. and so uh, really being able to, to understand how you're using it across uh, otherwise uh, it can cause uh, institutions to really trip over themselves quite a bit. Yeah. That's really good points, Matt. And, and Chad, I know that you work in the dark web, your company, and you're you're down there and you're actually seeing the intelligence related to the bot attacks. Can you tell us a little bit about what your company sees um, when it comes to these kind of attacks? Yeah, so from our perspective, we feel, you know, for every good botnet that there's a password needed, um, you know. Account creation is a little bit different, but there's also the aspect of the ATO and the bot attacks and the password stuffing. Um, there's numerous ways to detect this, um, some of which may add some friction into good customers in that onboarding process, um, depending on how many you know, deny lists you want to create um, based on what data points you're really looking at. But in that process, you know, we're able to, to see that user information and password. Um, we've cracked roughly 90% of all user passwords in the world mm -hmm. um, into clear text. So we can connect those together to see where that information is being used and when, um, and how that information is traded on the dark net, um, and what that life cycle really looks like. So there's a lot of talk that everybody's been breached, and yes, we have. Um, and when we start seeing um, transactional you know, checking, where there's no association with breach, that becomes an anomaly because, you know, there's a very large percentage of the world that's been breached multiple times a year. Uh, so when you look for that anomaly and that behavior, the lack of anything starts to tell you a little bit of a picture. Yeah, and Chad, I think it's really interesting that you, you know, mentioned that you can see this down the dark net. So a lot of us in the fraud community probably know this, but you can go on Telegram and get these lists to like, you know, activate and uh, weaponize your bots very easily. So they're just out there, they're for sale, they're, um, you know, I think I was talking to someone that, uh, that works with uh, the intelligence and they said about a year ago there was about 10,000 or so telegram channels dedicated to fraud now. We're hearing upwards of 100,000 or so out there now. So the information's just out the there. The cost of entry is very yeah. low for them. That's right. Um, to buy, I mean, for $300, I could start being a malware infector today yeah, um, right. and literally have a customer service line that I can call if I'm having a difficulty figuring out how to start putting this into into the lives of those yeah. innocent victims out there. And so there, the criminal networks are talking. You know, I think the last group that was up here speaking, you know, talked about breaking down those walls. Mm -hmm. I think that's absolutely critical mm -hmm. um, of bringing fraud and cybersecurity together in this particular instance. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, if you look at the PayPal situation, you know, hundreds of thousands of accounts ends up having to be all caught downstream transactionally, which yep. puts a real burden on the fraud team. That, that sure does. So here comes my favorite part. The way I always graded every conference that I went to was, did I walk away with 
some piece of information where I could go back to my financial institution and do something to solve a problem. So now we're going to talk a little bit about now we know bots are, are an issue. It's an issue for financial institutions. It's an issue for social media. It's an issue across the board for, you know, actually lots of different experiences that are out there. But what, what can we do about them? I know that, you know, we're looking at web application firewalls and we're looking at endpoint protection, and we're looking at identity proofing like we do at, at Prove. Um, we're looking at fraud anomaly detection, you know, all of these layers. Um, what, um, and I'll start with you, Matt, what, what kind of layers do you find are helpful for bot prevention and detection uh, that you've noticed in your career? Um, sure. So, uh, you know, and, and uh, I, I think the points that, that you were bringing up about just the ability for the innovation on the bad guy side is at an all-time high. You know, I, I do think that uh, the the upside is, is that I think the good guy uh, innovation side is, is uh, has improved just as much. Um, it, where I've seen us trip up for financial institutions is kind of what you just said. There's so many places to where you can mm. put in something and you're trying to identify something. I think the important piece is to, to really think about uh, the, the risk that you're trying to address. And so there's clearly the preventative stuff. How do we just deflect the traffic from even getting uh, into us? I think that there's the detective stuff mm -hmm. that, that we talked about, especially in the identity space, and marrying those two together. And then I think the, the third piece that's been really uh, important lately is the deterrent factor. So maybe you're allowing it to come in, but you're sending it down a complete rabbit hole. You're doing something to to, to make this bot have to have to process more or act harder mm -hmm. to where they're, they're getting to the point of, hey, this is not somewhere where I want to, to go or, or that's not a place that I want to attack. And so I think those married together and then pulled all the way through, not just at application or not just at login and those kind of things, you're you're pulling that all the way through and that, that really allows you to have mm -hmm. differentiating service on the good person side mm -hmm. and then really allowing you to, to do whatever you're wanting to do with those those bots when just preventing it in some cases isn't necessarily what you want to do. I, I really like that, Matt. We actually all have t-shirts that say bot disruption, you know, <laughs> and I, I think that's exactly a good point. Like you said, you're not going to stop at all, but definitely disrupting it is great. And, and Chad? No, I had 100% agree. Um, and anytime you can slow them down and you're turning off avenues for them that as you plug some of those holes, it starts to make their cost of acquisition go up. Mm -hmm. And the whole bot theme is designed around massive scale at a cheap cost for them. And the more difficult you can make it for them, their costs start to go up. The more their costs go up, the more likely they're going to go and try something different somewhere else. And so I think that's a very good point about disruption. So I'm going to turn it to the audience, and I, I have to go like this because <laughs> I can't see with the light. But um, just for a moment, since there's um, we have a great audience here, is there anyone that has any questions around bots or uh, you know any comments they want to make about bots in particular? Um, I'm happy to take those uh, questions or comments now. OK, yeah, it's one in the front. Yeah question, like, how do we detect the bots? What kind of signals are used to detect whether this uh, request coming in is from a bot? Yep. So this is like where you get into the question of man versus machine. <laughs> so there's definitely on your web application firewall, you're going to have, you know, DDoS attacks. Your, your CISO or your chief security officer is going to be tweaking those 
web application firewalls to stop you know, the most egregious of bots, things coming in from nation states, things coming in to hit your, hit your firewall. Those are like the big bots. Then there's a next layer down. You need, you need to have protection at your endpoints, where your password reset is, where your login is, you know, where these endpoints, where your applications are coming in to your financial institution. You need to have protection there that's really looking at, you know, automated activity. Um, identity proofing can help, too. If you have an identity proofing, if you're looking at phone signals, if you're looking at possession of the phone or reputation or ownership of a phone, that can help with your, you know, disrupting your bot uh, environment. Also, I would say biometrics. Biometrics play a very important part in this piece, too. So if you have biometrics that look at, you know, you know, that piece of the, uh, you know, behavior that, that can happen in between all of those layers. And um, it's, you know, it's not just one I've seen, I call it WAF leaks, web application firewall leaks. You know, it, a web application, you know, I've had this debate, you know, where, where you know, when, when I'm talking to my CISOs and my sub, you know, I'm on the fraud side, I'm seeing the leaks. I'm seeing where you didn't stop that bot from Russia from hitting my application flow. So you really need to have those layers. It's just, your, 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 web, your, your web application firewall is just not going to, help, they're helpful, they're critical, they're just not enough. Any other questions or comments? Oh, we got, okay. We got one in the back, yeah? We've got a question in the back, yeah, go ahead, yeah. Uh, for, for me, they're, they're, they have no affinity uh, whatsoever. <laughs> they're looking for uh, whatever, and you know, we technically, and, and I haven't been at Regions long enough to say this about about them, but we, we saw it a whole bunch on the credit card side, um, specifically, and uh, we, we've seen a shift uh, into deposits, and I think for lots of reasons that uh, we, I won't bother uh, the group with, but um, uh, and then even getting it even outside of just uh, checking accounts, seeing it in savings, et cetera. And I think that they're always just trying to look for that leak in joint account ac uh, applications, et cetera. So th there's there's no place that we haven't seen it uh, at, or at least attempted. And, and, you know, we see the testing uh, consistently uh, across even the areas that, that may be declining. Yeah. It, it it doesn't matter. It's a revenue stream to them, and it really comes down to what's their skill set. Um, just like we all have you know, a particular focus of what our daily responsibilities are, the criminals also have skills that they're going to refine and they're going to target. So if, if they're better equipped at handling credit card fraud, then they're going to create those bots in order to create those credit accounts um, that are specific to how they want to monetize um, once they get mm -hmm. those accounts. So it really, we can't think about lumping them all together. It's really understanding that different criminals have different needs and different skills that they're going to exploit you. 
And I think as security and fraud professionals, I think the biggest challenge, and I really loved your question, is convincing the business that those 40,000 applications in the queue last night were not, was not from the ad, you know, <laughs> that went out on Facebook last night. You know, yeah, yeah, we're growing, but we're not growing that fast. You know, that, you know, that those 40,000 applications are probably 98% fraud. So um, that's, um, you know, a challenge of really getting down and getting to the data and really showing them. Um, I actually had this true life experience. I was at a financial institution over a decade ago, and we actually did have an ad that went out on major media for brand recognition. And my head of analytics came to me and said, um, Mary Ann, we're, you know, we're seeing a lot of activity on the uh, origination, origination side, uh, but I didn't have a tool. I didn't have a fraud tool to really manage that side. So I said, why don't you go get the marketing data and pull out that marketing data? So I, he went over and got that marketing data. Long story short, it took us about four months to remediate the bot attack. It was screen scraping coming off a of Yodely, and it just automated scripted attack that just hit the front end and opened up thousands of accounts. So um, this is an age-old problem, but it seems to get be getting more and more uh, common, and definitely there's motivations around creating mule accounts um, and fake accounts. Um, and they're definitely, the bad actors are definitely, as we all know, getting their um, uh, experience from social media and other places uh, during the pandemic and all the pandemic fraud origination. They're really, you know, fine-tuning the way those bots work and how sophisticated that they really are. Yeah, and, and the only thing I would add to that is that the scale is is so high that that they can identify gaps, you mm -hmm. know, quicker than yes. people can close them. And so I think that's why um, that balanced approach that we've been talking about is important because if you've got a gap in the process that you're like, well, we're going to fix this, right. uh, you're probably too late. Yeah. And I'd like to comment to you, Marianne. Uh, I really love the way you broke down the different layers of defenses that can be put uh, up against bots, for example, you know, and, yeah. but at the end of the day, if I'm re responsible for account opening, or let's say the top account, or part account, I've emphasized the use of behavioral biometrics to look for bot-like activity, mm -hmm. non-human activity, for account opening, which uh, can be really effective I agree, and I and I would add that as a must-have layer uh, in your in your actual approach. I 100% think that's a, a critical layer. Any other questions or comments? I love, I love, uh, I'm sorry, we have like lights flaring right into our eyes, so I've got to have to use my hand to like see everybody. But yes, oh yes. Yeah, that's interesting. In fact, sometimes um, the question was, is you've got your security teams over here and your fraud teams over here, and how do we get these teams to talk to each other or even have lunch together, <laughs> you know, you know, or, or not point fingers at each other, you know, is sometimes what I've seen. And that's a really 
really important question. I'll tell you what unfortunately sometimes brings them together, a bot attack. <laughs> you know? And so that's um, a way that sometimes security and fraud convert, converge. But I have seen some financial institutions that are taking more of a financial crime approach to their um, structure within their organizations that actually creates governance, routines, connection points, even going as far as like, you know, what do we have in common around controls and, and, and doing a good job. I don't think it's there yet, um, but um, it, it's, it's very important. And I, I see this more in the identity space because I see CISOs that are very focused on access identity, but not consumer identity. And, and then when that, you know, that, that question gets um, introduced, it's more the fraud team that understands that because they take the implications of that. But I like your question. I'd like to see more organizations um, you know, I, myself, when I'm in a leadership role at the bank, I go, the first thing I do is go meet the, the head of cyber. You know, I go over and shake their hand and say, I'm here to be a good partner for you and, and then try to create those kind of structures. But uh, it's, it's critically important. And it's critically important when, we're, you know, when banks are turning off digital acquisition. I say, I say it's 2023 and we're having to turn off the internet. You know, that's pretty, that's pretty shocking and dramatic. Uh, that, for some people, can be, um, you know, take their whole business case out for months until they can get, you know, one of the critical layers that are missing in place. So that really is, you know, why that governance structure and, and partnership uh, is important. Well, I think we're almost out of time. So, like, we can take one more question. Yes? That's a great question. I have an answer for that. So first, we've, you know, we've got the example of banks, some pausing their digital onboarding because of the fact that they're fraud. There was a, a and I, can't, I won't mention the name for, out of respect, but there was a top 10 bank that got up at a conference like this recently where the chief risk officer said 70% of all their new accounts were fraud. So, you know, and, and probably some identity theft, synthetic, probably some doing first party fraud, but seven zero, and that was a huge amount. So, so um, it, it depends on your attack rate. Depends on the product, you know, um, lending products. But e even even today, just direct deposit accounts are extremely valuable to the bad actors. You know, they're so involved in scams. You know, and the scams are extremely lucrative. So we we see that you know on a pretty large scale that creating you know thousands and thousands and thousands of um, fake accounts. Um, uh, I call it framing fraud because it's, you know, the accounts under Marianne Miller's name, yet um, fraud is occurring. Um, I, here, here's one last anecdote I'll give you. Jimmy Kirby, who uh, is a, the deputy direct, assistant deputy director of FinCEN, um, took a look at, and um, financial institutions have the obligations to file suspicious activity reports. And he took a look at uh, 3 million suspicious activity reports, or, or SARS, and he stated that there was identity irregularities. So here's Marianne Miller's name on an account, money laundering or some type of frauds occurring. My name's getting attributed in a SAR, <laughs> and law enforcement's looking at it and going, well, I don't know if Marianne did this or not, you know? So it's not very good intelligence for the process that's, that's intended to bring good intelligence to, to law enforcement. So. 
Yeah, I worked Thanks. with a I worked with a client. I, sorry, guys, I okay. have to be the rude one to cut you <laughs> off. We're, we're we're five minutes past. We're five. Oh, stealing great. time <laughs> at a fraud conference. Sorry. Um, no, all good. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Thank you.